You're listening to the latest preaching from Brixham Community Church. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 5. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now... Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You're my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. This is my command, love each other. Going back to verse 1, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Jesus is speaking. Jesus had lots of I am sayings. There are seven predicated I am sayings in John's gospel. There's seven particular I am sayings where Jesus is making a huge statement about himself, about his identity. And I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Is one of them. And just from that, let us remember that Jesus is all we need for sustenance. We can go to so many places looking for sustenance, looking for a pickup, looking for especially on these dark nights and dark mornings and, and sometimes we, we suffer from feeling low and we can go to all sorts of sugar highs and um, endorphin highs and, and different places. But let's go back to the true vine. Verse 2 says, He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Now, I don't want to talk tonight about the branches that are cut off. That, to me, is a totally separate talk from what I feel the Lord is is leading me into thinking about. And there's so much more in this passage we could talk about, and I don't want to tread um, on that territory tonight. I just want to talk about the branches that do bear fruit, and I want us to assume we're all those branches. So we get pruned. 
that's the, that's the good news and the bad news. So pruning can be painful in uh, where we used to live. Our minister had a manse. A manse is a house owned by a church. And, so, um, and it was the church's responsibility to look after the house and the garden. And in his garden, it was just overgrown with trees and shrubs and there was just no light coming in and so they got a gardener in and um and they the or the landscape gardener or tree surgeon or whatever and um and he's they, they he said to to them what do you want me to do do you want a light trim like at the barbers do you want a light trim or do you want something more severe and you can go right down to a to a ground prune where it just all starts again or you can coppice things or and and phil's words were the minister he said just do something so that I don't have to call you back for another 10 years. <laughs> and the, <laughs> they were his words. And so, <laughs> yeah. um, so the before and after pictures, if you had taken them, were stark. Those poor bushes and trees in his front garden even, you drove past and saw, they just looked like they'd died, they'd been killed. Um, and sometimes, for some of us, there is a pruning that goes on that is, is painful. Um, it's tempting sometimes also to remove ourselves and go our own way because we see that we have a need, we've got a problem, we're not bearing fruit, and we remove ourselves from the vine, just thinking metaphorically, and, and we, we try and go our own way in our own strength because the sap isn't coming through and isn't helping us to bear fruit. We've got to allow God to do his work of pruning and we may look sorry for ourselves for a time while God disciplines the children that he loves he may say I'm gonna <laughs> he's never gonna say I'm gonna prune you so I never have to come back for 10 years because <laughs> he's always with you so that's a, a thankful uh, response but um, just thinking about cutting out some unnecessary habits some unwholesome activities some unhealthy relationships. Andrew and I have been through that in our past, having not from each other, but <laughs> that's, that's never going to happen. Um, some unhealthy relationships. It's a, it is a difficult time when you, when you feel like you've got to um, sever yourself for a while from a person or from a group and they don't understand why. Um, but sometimes you have to do that for your own personal prune, or you know God is telling you to do that, and it's about obedience. Or unprofitable ambitions. I'm sure we've all had some of those before. They need pruning. In verse 3 it says, however, you are already clean, and the word for prune and clean are are the same uh, in this passage. You're already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. And in verse 4, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. And you can't bear fruit unless you remain in me. So the journey I've been on in, in prayer is, is just realising that all of my day needs to be a day of prayer. I do have calendared uh, in my diary uh, as a recurring event, day of prayer, where I, I don't... I, it, when I do it right, anyway, I, I don't have the phone, I don't, I probably go for a walk or whatever, and, and I just take a packed lunch and I just try and have a full day of prayer. Um, and I know I'm privileged to be able to do that because other people in other jobs can't just do that when it, willy nilly, but that's, that's part of what I feel I should do. But actually, in a sense, every day's got to be a day of prayer, a day of abiding in the vine, a day of remembering that I'm, um, I'm, I'm just a branch. And um, sometimes I feel like 
looking back, there's been days where I've been a branch that's cut itself off and then just tried to tie itself back on and, and, and limply just strapped to this vine, but not really um, drawing from the nutrients of the roots for, through, the, through the vine. Um, and, and Jesus is saying, abide in me, live with me and I, and I in you. So I've got some um, three kind of well, before I move on to that, just to define a bit more clearly what I think it means for me to, um, to abide in Christ, to, to remain in him all day long and have every day as a, as a day of prayer. Um, I wrote down, Jesus is the vine, we are the branches. Um, re- we have to remain in living union with the vine so that the sap of the vine constantly flows into the branch. Such branches have no independent life of their own. That's an interesting thought, isn't it? Again, it's that idea of we sometimes cut ourselves off, never mind the gardener doing it. Such branches have no independent life of their own. And, and sometimes we can, we can almost try and go for a, a two-pronged a, a approach or a blended approach where we draw from God at the convenient moments and at the other times we draw from our own resources because that's just easier um, in the flesh. And this is idea of, I have no independent life of my own. Everything I have that I need is in Christ. Everything in me is just the outcome of the life of, my, of the vine flowing into me. Everything in me is just the outcome of the life of the vine flowing into me. My buds, blossoms and leaves are all from him. It all comes from the connection that I have with Jesus. The power to produce fruit, true fruit in my life. I have to trust that connection. There's that word trust. I felt like, yeah, I've got to, I've got to trust that connection because sometimes it just feels like it's, it's not coming through. It's not coming through. The fruit isn't there. The fruit isn't there. I've got to trust the connection. I'm connected to Jesus. He will give me all I need. He has given me all I need. The branch is not the source. Okay, and that's that's another lesson. I mean, these are kind of deep things. If you um, if you think about them, that the, you could spend some time thinking about that one sentence. The branch is not the source. The branch is, I, you know, I am not the source. I, I, I'm quite self-sufficient in many ways, but as far as as far as my spiritual life goes, I've got to turn more and more to Jesus. The only job the branch needs to do is to stay connected. So. What's it like to be connected? So these aren't tangible results. Um, these are just kind of what it's like. Uh, just looking at only at this verse, you've got the little verse numbers on the board here. Um, in verse 4, it says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. It's a two-way street. We remain in one another. It's very easy for us to uh, have some sort of cerebral mental relationship with the Bible and say some prayers and it's almost like it's just a one-way thing. Or for other Christians, it's the opposite. We never talk to God, but we just try and receive from him. But there's this two-way relationship. God wants relationship with us. It's a two-way street. He remains in me. I am in Christ and I'm a new creation, but he is in me. Praise God for that. And so that brings me to the second idea, which is um, totally connected, is that it's all about love. In verse 9, it says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now, remain in my love. So he's talking about abiding in me, uh, in Christ, remaining in me, 
it's the same as remaining in his love. It's all about love. And then in verse 10, the next verse, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Verse 13, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. So what's it like to remain in the vine? It's a two-way street that's all about love. It's not about earning something. It's not a two-way, people sometimes say, come on, it's a two-way street. And what they mean is, I'm doing all the giving here. Now, you know, I want something back. It's not about that. It's just a, a perfect union of love abiding in Christ, the branch in the vine, receiving from the sap from the root from the, from the vine. Um, but also, what else it's like is it's, it reflects our status. It shows who we are. In verse 15, it says, I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. <coughs> Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. I'm a friend of God. That's an incredible statement. I am a friend of God. We used to sing that song uh, in our last church, for, for the kids, I am a friend of God, what a, oh, I don't know if you know that one. Um, he calls me friend, but our kids used to sing, he calls me Fred, which is just funny, uh, but totally wrong. Um, but that puts me on a par with Abraham, because it says in James 2.23, and the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to Credited to him as righteousness, it's easy for you to say, and he was called God's friend. So I'm on a par with Abraham. Jesus is calling me friend, Jesus is God incarnate, and Abraham's. I think that's pretty impressive, really, to be up there. It shows my status. So a hired hand just acts out of payment, a hired hand acts out of fear sometimes, but we uh, fear of punishment for not doing the job. But we are his friends. So there is this all about love two-way street that brings us into relationship with God to such an elevated level that the creator of the universe can call us friends. And so there is joy in it is my third, fourth point, my last point on this idea of what's it like. There is joy in knowing Jesus. And in verse 11, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be partial until heaven. It doesn't say that, does it? I don't know if you ever noticed, I just made a mistake there. That your joy may be complete. Your joy may be complete. If we really get this right and we make every day a day of prayer, not that we have to be on our knees all the, all the day, because walking down the high street would look weird um, on our knees. And we don't have to be physically praying out loud all day. But just that, that Brother Andrew idea of always just being in communion with the Father and remembering all the time that he's with us. Um, someone was saying in home group last week that um, I, I tend to try and think of, not I'm going to do this, but we're going to do this. God and me. I, I'm, I'm, he's with me all the time, so I'm trying to think in, in, in the second person. So, not the second person, in, in think in the plural. His joy is in us. He takes joy in us as we obey him and remain in his love. And the joy is passed on from vine to branch. Isn't that wonderful? You know, we get this right. There is joy in the journey. Incredible. Even with, the, even with all the pruning. Um, we know that the pruning means that we are also clean. 
So what are the tangibles? That's all very nice. It's a nice feeling. I, I feel all gushy and, and uh, touchy-feely now because it's all about love and, and I'm elevated to this status and I'm feeling full of joy. But there's, there's two tangible results. One is answered prayer and one is fruitfulness. So in verse 7 it says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish. Oh, it's like pantomime season already, isn't it? The genie's come out of the lamp. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. But remember the if at the beginning. If you remain in me, what you wish will be in my will, won't it? So it's kind of, um, you could be tricked into thinking that you could just ask for anything. But there is a big, fat, juicy if at the beginning of the sentence. If you remain in me and my words remain in you. So... um, We're going to talk about that in a minute, about the words remaining in us. Um, You can ask whatever you wish, because your wishes will be transformed into the likeness of his word and of his will. Um, And it will be done. I mean, that's exciting. What you want as results is going to change and be fashioned into his likeness. But those results will appear in your life. In verse 16, it says... Whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. So we're going to pray in his name. You can take his name to the bank of heaven and say, this is mine in Jesus' name, under his banner, using his letterhead. Pray that things, um, pray things that God would want to put his name to. That's what I'm thinking of when I say in his name. God could say, I can put my name to that. I don't mind having my, lo- my company logo on that. That's, I'm happy with that. I can, I can answer that prayer. Um, I can put my name to it. So we're going to ask things in his name and he will answer those prayers. The, uh, one of the Psalms says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And I just feel like some of us sometimes just want him to give us the desires of our heart. Um, but as we, as we delight ourselves in the Lord, it's exactly the same concept for me as putting uh, our trust in Jesus as a, as a branch in the vine. I'm delighting myself in him. I'm getting closer to him. I'm feeling his, his heart for things. I'm feeling his heart for situations. He will give me the desires. In fact, it could just mean that he'll, he'll give me the right desires to desire. And then he will give you those results of those desires as you pray for them it's the same idea for me so we get answered prayers but there is a big fat juicy if um if you remain in in me and then the second result is fruitfulness which really is the same sort of thing but um it's just a word that came up a few times um verse five i am the vine you'd expect the word fruit to come up with when you're talking about vineyards aren't you and vines you are the branches verse five if you remain in me and i in you you will bear much fruit apart from me you can do nothing so it's kind of a stark contrast isn't it it's either nothing at all or much fruit nothing at all or much fruit it's you you know and, and it's the analogy holds out because if you remove a branch from a vine it will not bear fruit at all it's not just going to squeeze out a grape and say oh i only managed one grape this year i wish i'd have stayed in the vine it's going to do nothing it's going to die so we've got to remain close to Jesus. Verse 8 says, This is to my Father's glory so that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Evidence of discipleship. Verse 16, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And I believe the best fruit of all is souls, one for Jesus Christ. 
that the, that the true riches that Jesus wants us to acquire are people coming to Jesus. And that's what I think the best kind of fruit that lasts is the fruit that lasts for eternity. Not, um, you know, oh yeah, I've got fruit that lasts because I've got a, a, a new house and it's going to last for ages. Um, I mean, that'd be lovely, wouldn't it? God, God does provide houses and he provides cars and he looks after you. He knows that you need them. Your father knows that you need these things. But um, I just feel like if we really caught God's heart and, and really started to think about his plan from all eternity, from the foundation of the earth, where it, you know, Jesus is the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the earth, and we, we think about God's big picture and God's big plan, and we start to tap into his heart on those issues, that's the kind of fruit he's really going to want us to be passionate about. So not too much prosperity gospel there, I'm afraid. Um, the final thing then is the method. What should I do? What is the method of getting these results, this answer prayer, this fruitfulness, of enjoying this all about love two-way street that reflects your status and is all full of joy? Two things really. It's pruning, allowing God to prune us, allowing God. And it reminds me of the Romans 12 verse 1 where we're talking about putting our lives on the altar, um, living sacrifices and famously somebody once said the problem with living sacrifices is that they keep crawling off the altar and we've got to keep going back to God saying I surrender I surrender it's not just a one-off event is it and I know you all know that in your own lives and part of the reason uh, you're here is because on, on a Wednesday night in the dark is because your lives are surrendered to him I understand that in verse 2 it says he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes we've got to let him prune us and when we are pruned what happens is we, we, we cut off bits of branch and bits of leaf that used to take all that nutrition you know, all that energy it just used to go to all those things that are now pruned off. So that all, all the energy and nutrition that comes to us is now focused more on bearing fruit that will last. In verse 3, it goes on to say, I've read this already, but I'm just repeating for emphasis. You are already clean or already pruned because of the word I have spoken to you. So I'm talking about pruning through the word. Allow God to prune you. Allow him to knock some corners off you. Um, like the potter and the clay, you've got to let him mould you. Read the fruit of the Spirit as an example. You know, Go through those fruit of the Spirit and um, love, joy, peace, etc. And just slowly read them and ask the Lord, is, what, what are you saying to me? What is it you need me to develop more so I can be more like you? Because you're using the Word. It's the Word of God. You're reading it. Just one example of something you could read and, and ask him to show you. And, and like at the end of one of the Psalms, it says, search me and know me and see if there's anything in me that you're, you're not happy with. As an, another, another example from home group, someone uh, recently said that they, they used to pray that regularly. And it's very often God would just show that person something that she just needed to, to, to put right in her life. And it's, it's an uncomfortable prayer to pray. We can easily say it. Yeah, search me and know me, God. But yeah, I know it's... I'm doing all right, really. You know, after all, I'm praying for a start. That's good, isn't it? Um, but just to honestly sit down and talk to the Lord about, Lord, is there any way in me that you find offensive? Um, it's, a, it's a frightening prayer if we're really honest with ourselves and with God. Um, so that's kind of the obedience side of things, just being obedient. It says in verse 14, 
you are my friends if you do what I command. That sounds a little bit manipulative if you read it wrong, doesn't it? Well, I'm only going to be your friend if you do what I say. Um, but I kind of like to see it the other way around. One way of knowing who, who Jesus' friends are is that they're the ones who, who do as he commands, the ones who obey him, the ones who, who take um, sacrifices because of what he's told them to do. That's, they're the ones who you know are really Jesus' friends. Um, and I actually made a note of Romans 12.1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. I just thought it'd be good, with all those thoughts buzzing around our minds, just to spend a moment in prayer. Um, so why don't you just get in prayer position if you want to close your eyes or just... Re- re- Remove your attention from people around you. Um, And maybe even as I've been talking, there's been something in your world, in your life, that you feel like, um, you know, we're all mature Christians here, but we we never stop growing, we never stop learning, we never stop needing Jesus to to change us or reshape us. Um, There may be things where he wants us to cut out an unnecessary habit or an unwholesome activity, an unhealthy relationship an unprofitable ambition. Maybe even now he's, he's just reminding you of something you said you'd let go of. And maybe we also just feel that we've been encouraged tonight to remain in Jesus just that little bit more intentionally. Perhaps it's just getting up a tiny little bit earlier, um, which is difficult on a dark morning, but just getting up that tiny little bit earlier because we don't have time in the day to really open his word and, and let him prune us through the word, to spend some time in prayer, to start the day right so that when you go out the door and move into the rest of your day, you're already praying, you're already bringing Jesus with you and abiding in him. I know these are things he's challenging me on, so... Please don't take this as a finger-pointing message. Um, It's certainly something I'm challenged by. So, Lord, I just bring all of these thoughts to you and ask that you would um, continue to speak. Thank you for, by your grace, showing me what you want me to do, to spend time with you, to rely on you, to trust you, and to just enjoy your love, to, to know the joy of being connected to you, the joy of of actually hearing from you, to to know the joy of hearing your voice. Thank you. Thank you for the rewards of being close to you. And I pray you'd help us all as a church to move forward in this. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit brixham.church.